0: welcome to this week's episode of Weekly Devotions with Pastor James. My name is James, and we pray that you are doing really well today. I hope things are going well for you, and if you're just joining us, uh, and this is your first episode, uh, you wouldn't notice anything different already, but if you've listened to us in the past over the last year or so, you will notice that I did not introduce this episode by saying, Welcome to this week's episode of Guarding the Well. Uh, Reason being, uh, I decided to give a new name to the podcast. I thought with a new year, uh, we'd do a new name, and nothing else is going to change. Uh, this is still uh, about 15 to 20 minutes every week episode to um, to help you guard uh, your heart, to have a better walk with the Lord. Our aim is still to help you have a better walk with Jesus. Uh, but we thought with um, a new Year, we changed the name, and we're doing it so that maybe it'll help other people find uh, the podcast to know what we're about here. Uh, when you look at or, or see Guarding the Well, you're like, ah, I don't know what that's about, so I'm not even going to listen. But maybe with uh, you know weekly devotions from Pastor James. It gives you a little bit more of an idea uh, what the podcast is going to be about. And so uh, that is our new name. That's the reason why we have a new name. Nothing fancy, nothing special. Just telling you that I'm Pastor James, and we're going to be doing a weekly devotion, uh, just like we have been over the last year or so. And so if you've missed any of our episodes, you can go back and uh, take a listen to them. We always try to keep it about... F- 15 to 20 minutes, always under 20 minutes, you're busy and don't want to keep you too long. And as I said, our aim is to help you have a healthier walk with Jesus. And that is what we are all about. And uh, if you're new with us, you could uh, connect with us. We, we haven't got it all updated, uh, but you can find us on Facebook at Guarding the Well. And then if you're also interested, you could pick up one of my two books on Amazon, A Father's Love, Where is God in the Storms of Life? And the other book, um, you can get, it's called Guarding the Well, and uh, you can get both of those books in an e-format or uh, print format, and you can find them there on Amazon. And uh, if you don't mind, uh, leave us a, a, a review, a comment, a like, uh, really helps with that that algorithm and really encourages us. So hopefully, uh, hopefully you can take a chance in, in a moment to do that. But let me ask you this words. When you hear words, what comes to mind? Our words are, they're something, aren't they? Uh, I was recently asked a question uh, that I'm going to be talking about in my Sunday school class at my church in uh, just a couple days. I was asked a question, where is the line between being loving and harsh with somebody? Have you ever thought about that? Like, Where is that line? What is that line of you know, where you don't have to be loving, but you can be a little bit harsh towards them. Is there a line? And we're not really going to get into that this morning, but it, that question got me thinking about our words. The words that we say to people, they, they can do a number on people, and in one, one of many ways. Uh, I'll give you an example. When I was younger, and maybe you have this experience as well. But when I was younger, I got made fun of a lot. Uh, reason being is I have a bit of a speech impediment. I don't know if you ever picked up on it listening to uh, the podcast or or whatnot. Um, I would I would spend probably fifty minutes to an hour and a half editing a fifteen minute podcast <laughs> if if I if I if I wanted to uh, because of my speech impediment. There are times where the words just won't come out. I'll say words uh, in in the wrong order. There's words that I cannot pronounce. Uh, It's just for a public speaker and for a pastor, it's not the best thing. Uh, But thankfully, Moses had it as well. Uh, If you listen back to uh, that podcast we did about Moses, I talked about it a little bit then. But when I was younger, uh, my speech impediment, uh, I got made fun of for that. And also, because of my speech impediment, it and not being able to hear and and pronounce words correctly, uh, it impacts my spelling. I was never able to spell properly either. And so in in elementary school, uh, I'd get made fun of because I couldn't spell things uh, and I couldn't speak properly. Uh, So I just became very shy and uh, I still am. I'm an introvert. I'm proud of that. Um, I, I just like it. But I can remember the words that people would say to me. And there's been other times in, in my life, even as a pastor, where people people will say words to you. And those words can be hurtful. Uh, they can be damaging. Those words can uh, tear you down, knock you down a couple rungs of a ladder. And sometimes we need that. We, we just get prideful uh, if we're honest about it. But a lot of times, the words that are said to us, they're very harsh, you see, words that are said, the words that we say, the words that other people say to us, they can do a lot of things, and mainly they do one of two things. They either build us up or tear us down. The words that somebody will say to us can be uh, encouraging, they could be comforting, they could be strengthening, they could be just words that somebody says that, that just builds us up that encourages us to move on, not to quit, not to give up, not to, you know, throw in the towel, but just to keep moving forward, that things are okay. That, yeah, things may be hard and maybe you're struggling with something or an area, but they use their words to strengthen you. Or maybe you've used your words to strengthen other people, to encourage somebody along the lines. But we also know that there are times when words are said, as as they were said to me many times, that tear us down, that literally beat us up from the inside out, um, that they really get deep into our heart. They really get, get deep into our mind and we will only hear those words. You know, there, there's times where, uh, even right now, as I'm doing this podcast, I can think back of, uh, maybe fourth, fifth grade and, uh, I know where I was standing in elementary school and I know what the kids were saying because I can remember those things. Those words are in our minds. And most of us can do that with a couple different things because we have that, that kind of light bulb memory, if you would, of where these hurtful words were given to us. I can remember another time I was getting ready to do a funeral, literally two minutes, two, three minutes before I was getting ready to officiate a funeral for somebody that I did not know. One of the family members called me over and started asking me these questions and and really, I don't want to say laying into me, but they were not happy with me. And you could tell that by their words. And I had no idea who they were or why they were talking to me about this until uh, they said a couple things that that connected the dots. But I'm thinking this is two or three minutes before I'm about ready to officiate the, the funeral of your brother. And you're almost laying into me with your words. And so our words can do a lot of things. And they usually tear people down or they build people up. So what are your words doing now? Excuse me. What are your words doing? Are your words tearing people down, or are they building them up? You see, as followers of Jesus, we are to imitate him. We're to imitate Christ in all manners. We're created in the image of God, so we're to bear his image. We're to reflect his image. Uh, Paul tells us in in the book of Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1, to be imitators of God. And Jesus is God, and so we are to imitate him. And one of the things that we need to imitate, that we are to mimic, that we are to be transformed more into, is his words. And if you were to look at Jesus and listen to, read his words, read the tone, because one of the things people don't realize is that it's not just the words we say but it is the tone that we use with and behind the words that we say that communicates a great deal as well. And if you read the Gospels and you pay attention to Jesus, you'll notice that his words, his tone, are amazing. That the words of Jesus are often filled with grace, they're often filled with love and mercy and compassion, and his tone seems to be like that as well where people, uh, the the beggars come up to him, the, the people with uh, leprosy and the, and the lame, they come to him, or Jesus goes to them, and you could feel the tone. You could feel the compassion and the mercy and the love and the grace that Jesus has for them, that his words are filled with those things. And the other thing that Jesus' words are filled with is forgiveness. And that is tremendous because we need to be more forgiving in our lives. Uh, I I just had Bible study last night. And one of the things that, that stood out to me in the Bible study that I'm doing with my with my church is we've been going through the book of Acts for some months now. And we came to uh, Acts chapter 21 where where the Apostle Paul, uh, he's on his way back to Jerusalem and he stops over in Caesarea and he stays at the house of Philip the Evangelist. And I, I never connected this. That's why I love scripture. But Philip the Evangelist is one of the seven. And if you go back earlier in the book of Acts, um, he was with, he was friends with a gentleman by the name of Stephen. Stephen was one of the seven as well. And what happened to Stephen was, Stephen was stoned to death. He was a martyr. Uh, we read about that in Acts chapter 7 and, and such. And he was put to death because he wouldn't stop preaching about Jesus. And one of the people that were there at that stoning, at that murder, happy about the situation, was a man by the name of Saul Tarsus. Well, years later, Saul becomes Paul. And Paul is staying at the house of Philip the Evangelist a friend of Stephen. And Philip is allowing somebody to come into his house that played a role in the murder, if you would, of a friend of his, Stephen, years earlier. There's a lot of work there. There's a lot of forgiveness in that. And we're to be more forgiving as people. And Jesus's words are filled with forgiveness. I don't know if you know that. And And the thing that stands out to me is you know, when Jesus is being nailed to the cross, just think about that picture of that. When Jesus is being nailed to the cross, what is he saying? He says a couple different things, but one of the things he says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Do you hear what Jesus said? As he's being actively nailed to a cross, he's asking God the Father to forgive the men that are nailing him to the cross. Like that, that's that just blows my mind. I I don't know if I'd ever be able to do that. I hope I would. I pray that I would be able to be that forgiving in a situation like that, or even a situation less than that. But that's how. Jesus' words were. They were filled with a grace, and a forgiveness, and a mercy, and a love, and a patience. And we are to imitate that, that our words that we say to other people are to be like the words of Christ, that we're imitating His words and His tone to other people. Now, don't get me wrong. Jesus' words were also filled with truth, You look throughout the scriptures where Jesus calls uh, mostly the religious elite, the religious leaders, the Pharisees and the Sanhedrin out because of their just keeping of the law uh, too strictly, keeping people from God, not knowing God, uh, coming against Jesus and attacking him. And so Jesus's words were filled with truth. And so don't, don't get me wrong, I'm not skipping over that. And sometimes when we speak truth, that may come across harsh. It may come across strong. And one of the reasons that happens is because sometimes truth is painful. It, it is. It's words that we don't want to hear. It's words that we don't want to say. I can remember back when the doctor told uh, my wife and I that our firstborn son had uh, muscular dystrophy. And I can remember going to the specialist and him telling us that it's most likely Duchenne and uh, it's, it's 100% fatal. Though You don't want to hear that type of truth. You don't want to hear things that Aren't pleasant that attack you in one way or another, attack what you believe, what you what you would like, and they come across as hurtful. They're they're strong. And Jesus had to do that, and we have to do that. We need to speak truth into the life of people. But there is a way to speak truth into the life of people that is done in a way that is loving, that is done in a way that is graceful. That is trying to get the truth across and get people to repent or to understand something as opposed to us trying to just be harsh and to prove our point. And that's what Jesus does. And we're to imitate him. And one of the great areas in scripture that talks about our words is James chapter 3. And I'm not going to go through the whole thing because I told you we try to keep these about 20 minutes or less. But in James chapter 3, uh, the first 12 verses, James is talking about taming the tongue. He's talking about our words, and it's an incredible section of uh, Scripture. And what James tells us in, in chapter 3, that our words can direct, that our words can uh, be like a rudder of a ship. It can Our words can be like a bit in the, or, or bridle into the mouth of a horse and a bit or a bridle it helps steer the horse direct the horse uh the rudder of the ship directs the ship so that our words if spoken correctly can help people and direct people to something that is good, or maybe even direct somebody away from something that is bad. You know, I pray uh, every time before I, I start, I hit the record button on these podcasts, I pray that the Lord would use my words to help direct somebody back to Him, and to help direct them to have a healthier walk with Him. And so I pray my words are helping to direct you in some way or another because they're God's word. And so our words can do that. But James also tells us that our words can actually destroy as well. That just like a small fire is made by a small spark, one little word that we say can start a huge fire. Now, I don't know if you've ever done that, and I'm going to go out on a limb and say a lot of you have probably done that, maybe knowingly or not knowing, where you just said something. Maybe it was like a sentence of three or four words, or maybe it was just one word, um, you know, not to get political, but uh, just maybe go back two years from now, about 2020, and if you just said Trump, you know, that could have lit a fire and people would have freaked out around you. Uh not saying good or bad, but... We know what that is like, but our words can do that. It can light a fire that is destructive and destroy people and things around us because of what we said. And then James goes on to say this, and I'm going to read these verses to you. It's it's the last part of that section. It's verses 9 through 12. And what James says is this. He says, With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in God's likeness. And that's always stood out to me, because what James is doing, he's painting a picture, and what he's saying there is this, with the same mouth, with the same tongue, we praise God, but then we curse somebody else. We curse our brothers. And Then he goes on to say in verse 10, and in the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. What James is telling us there is that you're not going to get salt water out of a fresh spring and you're not going to get fresh water out of a salt spring. You're not going to get oranges from an apple tree. And what the picture he's painting there is this, that for the Christian, for the one that is following Jesus, our tongues, our mouths should not be producing both praise for God and cursing of men that our words should not be uh just praising the lord and then destroying other people that our words should not be lifting god up and praying for other people and then tearing people down at the same time that our mouth should be a source of goodness and godliness and holiness and edification and encouragement and strength and comfort and truth and grace and mercy and forgiveness and that our mouths, our tongues, should not be a source of cursing, of bitterness, of complaining, of tearing people down. That our mouth should not be, cannot be a source of two different things. That our words are important. And that our words need to be encouraging to others. So let me ask you this. As we're getting into 2022, how's your words been? Think back over the last couple months and just ask yourself how your words are. You know, what are the words that you're saying in your life, doing in the lives of other people? What are the words that you're writing on Twitter or the words that you're writing on Facebook? What are they doing in the lives of others? Are they words that are trying to be bitter, condescending, the words that are trying to tear people down? Or are your words, words that are trying to imitate Christ, to point people back to him, to encourage them and build them up. You see, our words, our mouth ought to be a source, a spring, if you will, of the loving goodness and faithfulness and truthfulness of God, not of the bitter cursing and complaining of man. So how are your words going? What are you using your words to do? And as you think about that, hopefully that'll help you to uh, think back to the words that God has said to you. And maybe this year, maybe just pray about your words. Maybe that you uh, struggle with it, that you ask God to forgive you for that. Be intentional about the words you use, the words you say, and the tone that you use. And maybe ask God to glorify himself in and through and with your words. We thank you so much for joining us uh, today. We pray that you have a great day. You take care.